Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. New rule on 910 The Fan on Fridays. We roll. Broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's edition. We've got Ed Nixon who will be joining the show coming up at 2 p.m. Talk a little VCU hoops ahead of the homecoming game on Sunday. Rodney Ashby will give his take as well. Both of them former Rams know what it's like to play in front of the home crowd on homecoming night. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's a chance for this Ram team to rebound and respond to the loss at UMass. But members of the AWOD Army, I've got to tell you about this event Saturday that I'm so excited about. The new PGA Tour Superstore opens up in Glen Allen, and I will be there for all of the excitement. They're giving out $30,000 in gear to fans. I'll be there from 10 to noon this Saturday morning. Come on by, talk some shop, give us your hottest sports takes of the year. It'll be your first chance to meet Stubb, who's going to be doing his first ever appearance. We're fired up for that. He's been working hard behind the scenes here. And so, yeah, look, I've done appearances in the past when I was working in D.C. It's just always fun to get out and about in front of fans in a relaxed setting like that where, you know, you're shopping around the store for the best golf gear and, you know, we can just kind of say and give some stories off the record, right? You want to know what really went wrong with UVA football this year. I'll give you the inside scoop. You want to know what's the latest with the diamond that we can't talk about on air? Well, you got to come to the PGA's Tour Superstore tomorrow when it opens up in Glen Allen. Stubb, are you fired up, man? I am. We can we can say bad words. We're not we're not monitored. We can we can do anything. That's a good point too. Yeah, we could do we could do like a an uncensored podcast. Yeah, yeah. we can really shoot the s if you know what I mean. <laughs> I uh, do. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. PGA Tour Superstar tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be awesome. We'll be there for two hours. Uh, don't miss it. The Short Pump PGA Tour Superstore Grand Opening tomorrow, February 24th, giving away $30,000 in free gear. I've, I've told all my friends to come because all my friends talk all this big game like there's some great golfers, and then <laughs> I see them go out there and they hack it up and can't even hit it onto the greens. And I say, well, maybe it's because you're wearing some nubby pants Right or a, an untucked <laughs> shirt. Get some great gear at the PGA Tour Superstore. Doors open at 9 a.m. Stubb and I will be pulling in right at 10 a.m. sharp. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore, 10941 West Broad Street. All right, Stubb, we mentioned we wanted to get to uh, the Gen Zer, who is my most hated man in America today. His name is Alex Gonzalez. The 23-year-old said in an Instagram post, that he did not want to get old and regretful for not having tried to streak at a Super Bowl in the prime of his youth. So at about 6.15, in the middle of the third quarter, Chiefs against the 49ers, Gonzalez and his friend Sebastian Rivera, 22, both of Miami, jumped onto the field in Las Vegas, ran around. They didn't really streak. They took their shirts off. Pants stayed on. I don't give them credit for not fully committing to the bit. To the bit, Las Vegas police arrested them on the report. Here's what Gonzalez since has said on an Instagram video. This is what's starting to tilt me. He said, Stub, one of my goals has always been to streak at the Super Bowl. I mean, that's where we need to stop this story right now. How is that one of your life goals, dude? You're 23 years old and that's what you want to do? Here's why. Because he's an Instagram 
influencer. All the influencers, the worst people in this country. <laughs> he said, I don't want to be that guy that I'm rich and I'm 50 years old and I'm like, damn, I wish I would have done that when I was younger. So I'll do it now. He ended up posting the incident, the lead up to the video, and a recap all on his YouTube channel. He said, we will go down as legends. How I streaked the Super Bowl in 2024. It was not a full streak. It's a half streak. You don't get any credit for that. All right? It pissed me off. Streaking in Merriam-Webster's dictionary is to run naked through a public place. You didn't do that. Tony Romo called you out on it for the broadcast, said it was a half streak. We all know the thing, uh, a real streak. It just pisses me off that he did this for clout. All right? And here's the worst part about it. He's rich because he has 446,000 followers on Instagram, and he calls himself a day trader on his Instagram profile. I'll tell you right now, if you take his day trades, you're a joke. All right, There's no way any of those are ever hitting. This guy's a loser who's, who makes money on Instagram and thinks he's so cool. All right, He paid $42,000 to go to jail. It, the Super Bowl tickets cost him $42,853. That's more than $85,000 in expenses to do what? To get on a, a national stage and do a YouTube video? I think they should throw this guy in jail, Stub, and make him learn a lesson. Like, not just spend the night in jail. Put him in a damn cell for three weeks and see how he learns. Do a YouTube video about that, Gonzalez. <laughs> I I want you you mentioned that you're mad that his motivation was clout. What would be what's the best motivation to go streaking? Uh there is no motivation. You, it, and he, it needs to be like alcohol infused. It needs you know to be an I mean? in the moment kind of thing. Yeah, you gotta... in the moment thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. I, I, you know, we've seen this before. I hate streakers that plan the bit. Right, we had this during, I believe it was like a soccer game three years ago, uh, where this girl came out because she was promoting a website and she had the website on her body when she she didn't even streak either. She, you know, she was wearing like a bathing suit or something, but she made a whole post uh, streak video about her entering this stadium and she was telling all the people in her section, "Wait till this minute mark, I'm gonna streak on the field." I hate that stuff. You know, can can we do a spur of the moment streak? That's yeah, the best it, kind it needs of streak. To be inspired. So yes. mad that I don't know that the Chiefs miss, fumbled the ball that you have to run out on the field completely well, nude. Is that it, it, <laughs> the best? The best time to streak is inspired by losing in beer pong six cups to nothing. That's when you streak, right? <laughs> That's the inspiration you need. Is the whole group of of a party saying, "Hey, take your pants off and run around the house naked because you stunk. You got skunked." Um, but yeah, Gonzalez and Rivera, my two most hated men in America, 23 and 22 years old, Instagram influencers who ran on the field during the Super Bowl. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm, I'm not defending these people as a Gen Zer. Influencer is its own bubble of, of person uh, that I, I feel no inspiration to defend at all. Uh, I know they're not going to be remembered. I'm going to forget both of their names after today. That's very and then true. Forever. Uh, they're not going down in history. Ever, uh, like you're not uh, you got like I didn't even know their names when it happened that, that's right. not fame I don't know right um, so he said quote Gonzalez said quote so many people are asking me how was it when I was streaking on the field honestly I don't remember anything I actually remember nothing it was such a blur the second I hit the field I kind of blacked out and I pretty much came back 
to realization pretty much when I was in the cell. <laughs> this is to show you guys I commit to my big goals. I literally just paid $42,000 to go to jail, and he's laughing about it. And at the end of the YouTube video, he is seen emerging from what appears to be the Clark County Detention Center by laughing and saying, this is the stupidest thing we've ever done. They should have kept him at Clark County Detention <laughs> Center for an extra three weeks. He didn't learn his lesson. No, but you he know what? No. But you know what? It's not done yet. He has a court date set for April 17th. Gonzalez and Rivera, the court records show, this is not done yet. This story might have legs, and I might get what I want, and that's this guy to serve, like, an actual bit of jail time because it's so stupid doing something for clout. You know, he, he could have hurt somebody. He could have hurt one of the security hurt, guards. What? what if a security guard pulled his hamstring trying to race him? <laughs> Who's paying for that medical bill? Huh? Pulled hamstring, that could cost a lot of money over six months. I mean, what if what if uh, a security guard, you know, tried to tackle him and they found out that he had like a knife in his back pocket and someone got I mean, there's just so many things that could have happened. It's just I, I hate this story and I think he should serve jail time. Not a good year for people named Rivera. Yeah. And once again, it was a half streak, not even a real streak. He did not commit to the bit. He's a loser. Go yeah, to jail. Just go like... directly to jail. Do not pass go. <laughs> Do not collect any money. This is just more aggressive trespassing. Right. Right. <laughs> like it's not, it's not interesting. You just you just got no. on the field. No. And when the story first came out, there were rumors that he put a $10,000 bet on somebody to streak at the Super Bowl I've to win $20,000. Turns out that's not true at all. In fact, he just paid $84,000 to go to jail uh, and, and, and make a YouTube video. And that's the worst part about this is because he has so many damn followers, some idiot company is going to pay him to post about them on YouTube. He's going to make that $84,000 back in a week. By the time he goes to court, he's going to be plus money. You could, I promise you that because these influencers get paid left and right. Nobody wants to pay a radio host, apparently, right? <laughs> but, oh, you got a bit of an Instagram following. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll just uh, throw money your way. I hate this country sometimes with influencers. It's the worst people on the planet. I mean, you're, you're kind of an influencer. Yeah, but I do a job, too. <laughs> you know, I don't just sit at home on Twitch, you know, streaming myself, picking my nose. You know, I'm trying to entertain people for three hours. Some people might hate the show. I know we've got people that love it. That's why we've got the AWOD Army. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. Don't call River City Roll just a bowling alley. It is one of Richmond's top entertainment spots with live music Fridays and Saturdays, chef-inspired menu, the pizza's banging, the wings are good. Uh, they've got a ton of different beer selections, including River City Roll beer. I always get a picture of that anytime I'm here. Come on by and tell them AWOD sent you. And, Stub, I just got confirmation to, from our friends here at River City Roll. It was a field trip for middle schoolers from 6th to 8th grade. But Ooh. check this out. They all cleaned up after themselves, oh, and they nice. were respectful, and they were good kids. And she said, I will serve these kids every day. They were better than most of my drunk friends. I buy I that. Thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. 
Uh, that yeah. yeah, that that yeah. Good, good on the teachers for making them clean up, and good on the kids for being uh, you know respectful to all the equipment. Yeah, no, middle school is much cooler now. We never got to go to a bowling alley. That was I had to get good grades in elementary school if I wanted to go. And when we went, it wasn't to River City Roll, which is much more than a bowling alley. It was like uh, Bowl America, and that place used to stink of cigarettes. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, <laughs> it is time for the Richmond Commander eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. The question of the day is: Will Josh Harris? Change the Washington name again. 833-804-0910. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio. The Richmond Commander. All right, so Stubb, last night we had a boys' night out. Got uh, I guess it was National Margarita Day. Yes, Did it you was. Know that? I celebrated you did celebrate. Yeah, I went to nice. Boca. Oh, no way. That's where I was. Oh, when? when? <laughs> uh, we got there at like 7 o'clock. Oh, you got there right as I left. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, so we were talking about who invented National Margarita Day. It has to just be a marketing ploy, like right? Like, is it that actually the day margaritas were invented, I, or did some bartender just come up with it? <laughs> if you look into it, basically every single day of the calendar year has about six national days. Yeah. It, it, it means nothing. Uh, right. But, <laughs> but it gives people <laughs> an celebrate. excuse to go out to a bar and go out drinking. Yeah, so we were all out drinking yesterday, and uh, most of my friends are, are from the area, so they're Skins fans, Commanders fans, football team fans. And they were asking me yesterday, you know, they always quiz me, oh, Awad, you're the sports guy, you know everything. I'm like, sure, whatever. Uh, they're like, how did we get here? Like, he said, I grew up a college football fan, and I've started to really root hard for the Washington Redskins football team the last five or ten years of my life. I've been a big NFL fan. But he says, I don't even remember how we got here. Like, how did we get to the terrible name Commanders, right? How did we get to that name? Well, number one, I hate the name. It needs to change again. Number two... They should never have had Ron Rivera involved in the decision-making. He knows nothing about this franchise. I was screaming on my radio show every day that he's going to be here for a cup of coffee, and yet the name might last forever, and it's so stupid that Jason Wright and Dan Snyder put him in charge of the name. Dan botched it. They should have probably just stuck with football team. But for those of you wondering, how did we even get here? There's a good article on the Washington Post that gives everyone a full timeline of the commander's name change. Now, we have to start this way back when George Preston Marshall in 1933 moved the team from Boston, the Braves, to Washington and changed the name to the Redskins, all right? He's, um, it was really interesting because Marshall said, the fact that we have in our head coach Lone Star Dietz, an Indian, together with several Indian players has not, as may be uh, suspected, inspired me to select the name Redskins. So he claims he chose the name Redskins to honor their head coach, Lone Star Dietz. In 1937, they officially relocated to Washington and became the Washington Redskins. In 1967, the Redskins obtained their first federal trademark registration. All right, the team's eventual seven federal trademark registrations with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office would be challenged on multiple occasions over the ensuing decades. We move over to 1972. Native American leaders asked the Redskins to change the name. So it was actually in 1972, like 50 years before they eventually changed the name, that they were asked to change 
the name, all right? But this is the interesting part, all right? Walter Blackie Wetzel, the former chairman of the Blackfeet Nation, persuaded team executives to drop the R logo from the Washington helmets in favor of a profile of an Indian warrior, which he then would help design. And look, this is why when I was in high school, not just me, but a lot of my my friends were doing our thesis, our senior thesis, and we all chose to do it on the Redskins' name and why it never changed. And it's because Wetzel told the Washington Post and several other scholarly articles that were written, he said, quote, it made us all so proud to have an Indian on a big-time team. It's only a small group of radicals who oppose those names. Indians are proud of Indians. So it was Walter Blackie Wetzel, the chairman of the Blackfeet Nation, the Indian group, who chose the logo to honor them. Well, then you fast forward 20 years later in 1992, the skins were on fire, making it to Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and more than 2,000 Native American activists protest the Redskins' name in Minneapolis ahead of the Washington win over the Buffalo Bills. In 1992, Native Americans then would petition the Patent and Trademark Office to try and get it changed. Then you move to 1993. A senator introduced a bill to block the new stadium on the RFK site. 1997, Miami University changes from Redskins to Red Hawks. There's starting to be a little bit of momentum. 1999, trademark registrations were threatened. Dan Snyder comes in, buys the Redskins, claims that he will never change the name. The team scores a legal victory in the trademark battle in 2003. Then you move over to 2006. Native Americans challenge the Redskins' trademark name again. 2013, changethemascot.org becomes a thing. Snyder then told USA Today, Eric Brady, reporter, will never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can use all caps. And the interesting part about the story is, all of a sudden, Richmond gets thrown into this story. In 2013, the Washington Redskins with Robert Griffin III had training camp here at Bon Secours. Actually, it's less than a football field away from where I'm sitting right now at River City Roll, the home of Bon Secours, where the Redskins used to have their training camp here in Richmond. And a friend of the show, Sean, made these shirts that said, never change the name with the Redskins logo. They sold out the first day that he was selling them outside of training camp. They went viral. All of a sudden, there were articles about this t-shirt that said, never change the name. It went viral to the point where Dan Snyder found out about it. And instead of putting it to an end, he supported the never change the name t-shirt, bought 200 of them, let Sean promote it inside of the complex, and all of a sudden, there was momentum for the team to keep the name again. Keep the name Redskins. Well then, you fast forward to 2016, the Washington Post reveals a poll, a survey of 504 people across every state and the District 9. Nine out of 10 Native Americans said they were not I quote, not offended by the Redskins' name. 2017, the battles continue. Redskins score a major victory in the trademark battle. 2020, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser says, quote, it's past time for a change. The world was gone crazy in 2020 with 
COVID, with lockdown, with quarantine, and you had the cancel culture, the Me Too movement. All of that combined led to D.C. officials making it clear that an NFL stadium RFK site is off the table unless the team changes their name. George Preston Marshall had a monument that was removed in front of RFK as the pressure continued. Then you get to this key date, July 2nd, 2020. July 2nd, 2020. FedEx calls Dan Snyder, owner of the Redskins, and says, we will not let you play football in a stadium called FedEx Field if you are going to keep the name Redskins. The company signed a $205 million deal in 1999. They said, we will not honor that deal if you keep the name. That was July 2nd. July 3rd. The next day, Dan Snyder announces they're going to undergo a thorough review of the team's name. Well, you know what would happen next. July 13, the team announced they would retire the Redskins' name and logo. Stubb, isn't that crazy that within 11 days, they went from never, ever, ever, ever changing the name to all of a sudden FedEx and Pepsi says we're going to pull our sponsorships? 11 days later, they announced the team's name would be retired. Then you get to 2-2-22, a day that I will remember forever. Jason Wright, the team president, said it's a name befitting of a 90-year-old franchise on the Today Show. I think it's a name (laughs) befitting of a 90-year-old loser who came up with it because they came up with the name Commanders on 2-2-22. They announced it on the Today Show, and it was a debacle. Jason Wright threw it to Doug Williams. He goes, we are the Commanders. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It was a, there was no excitement. You know, if you've been listening to the show, I was on air a week before saying, well, if they're going to go with the name Commanders, we know that's going to happen because, number one, it got leaked to the media. They couldn't keep it a secret, so it was a terrible reveal. Number two, if you're going to go with Commanders, how about you go with a military theme and bring out tanks and bring out, you know, uh, high-ranking military personnel and put them in the new jersey, put them in the new uniform, bring out Joe Gibbs. They chose none of that. They went with Doug Williams announcing, we are the Commanders. And then the inaugural season of the Commanders goes to hell because Ron Rivera decides to go back to Carson Wentz in the one game they needed to win to get into the postseason. And here we are, February 23rd, 2024, and I am once again advocating for the Washington franchise to change their name again. I get it. We can't go back to Redskins. I'm fine with that. I was also fine with Washington football team. I'm fine with Washington Hogs. I'm fine with anything, not Commanders. My biggest gripe with Commanders is that there's no short version. You can't call them the comms. You can't call them the commies. You're not calling them the Manders. You're definitely not calling them the Durs. There's just no good name for the Washington Commanders. Stubb, what do you think of that timeline and, and explanation? Yeah, I wasn't as quite familiar with the entire history going that far back. Uh, it kind of all adds up, and I just agree. Commanders is like the worst name for any team in any sport. I just hate it. Yeah, no, I know. But the the eye-opening to, thing to me about the whole story is, like I said, when I was in high school, there were scholarly articles written on the Washington Post and several other outlets about why the name honored the Native Americans. And, and, and I, I totally understand it being racist. 
but why were all these articles written claiming that it honored the Native Americans? It's just a, a weird situation. You can't go back to Redskins, but you have to do better than Commanders. I'm once again advocating for the team to change its name. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. The theme of the show this week, in my mind, has been that it smells like March. It feels like every night there's a big-time college basketball game that goes down to the wire. You know, I've been sending out upset alerts. There was an upset alert in Fairfax, Virginia the other night as Mason took down 16th-ranked Dayton Flyers. March is right around the corner, and 910 The Fan wants to be the one-stop shop for all college hoops fans. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, we welcome in special guest, one of the big sillies from the sports junkies. It's the Papa, Lurch, Jason Bishop. What's going on, Lurch? Lady Hokies, baby. Oh, no. Lurch, you sound like Darth Vader. We're having the phone issue again. I don't know what's going on. Are you calling us from an Android? What is the issue here? (laughs) Yes, I appear to have called you from an Android. (laughs) You want to call me back? (laughs) <laughs> no, we'll we'll fight through it here. Stubb will pick pick up the the phone, and we'll talk to you on hold here. As uh, yeah, we've been having this phone issue for a while. It's not just here in Richmond; uh, it happens in D.C. as well, and so it's out of our control. It's not an Odyssey issue. I believe it's like a Verizon issue. So we'll get Jason Bishop on the line in a second to preview all the big games this weekend, including CBS Saturday twelve noon. Number two Houston will be in Waco, Texas, to face off against number eleven Baylor. That's a Big time, Big Twelve matchup. Do we have Bish with us once again? What's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Does that sound all right? Yep, you sound great, man. So, is there one uh, sporting event you're looking forward to most this weekend? Yeah, Lady Hokies playing Tar Heels. Down I knew you were going to bring that up. Yep. I was trying to get down to that game, but it's a Sunday, and it's not worth it. I can't take off Monday, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, they're, they're just rolling. I know you want to talk men's, and we will in a sec, but nine straight wins. Kitley's getting hot again. Um, this kid, Maddie Eck, the transfer from, from uh, Michigan State, this girl from Sweden, she's just a stud. Yeah. Kayla King has range like I did in college. She's just draining threes <laughs> left and right. And uh, they're just playing great. Now, they got to play Notre Dame on the road after the Carolina game. That kind of scares me a little bit because Notre Dame has this kid, the freshman, this Hidalgo. Hannah Hidalgo, she's averaging 24 games. She's a freshman. Um, but, you know, they got a two-game lead in the, in the conference, so I think if they, you know, as long as they win two of the three, they'll be fine. But um, you're right, man. I'm looking forward to a conference tournament starting next Monday. Yeah, you know, I, I was just reading an article by Will Leitch uh, of the New York Times, I believe, or New York Magazine. He said, women's sports are about to explode I would argue they already have exploded, and that this—you're right. I mean, it feels like the the women's NCAA tournament might have more eyes than the men's this year. Because <laughs> of one person, right? Well, I, I think it's more than her. Caitlin. I think it's I think it's uh, Angel Reese as well. UConn's really good. They've got a star. It just feels like South Carolina's got a, a star, a stud too. It feels like there's four oh, or yeah. five teams that have you know a, a great player. They do. Um, Caitlin Clark's kind of putting women's college hoops on the map just because, um, you know, anytime she plays, you know, Iowa plays at College Park, it's, it's a sellout. 
Yeah. You know, any, anywhere she goes. Although she was eight for twenty six last night and three for sixteen from threes against Indiana, they they held her in check. But I, I would agree. I've I've never been more into women's college hoops um, in my life than I am this year. And a lot of it is because you know my daughter goes to Tech, so I'm 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 following the Tech sports more. But um, I'd rather watch the Lady Hokies right now than the men. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they've got one of the all-time greats. Elizabeth Kelly will go down as the greatest Virginia Tech basketball player, men's or women's. She's a stud, I'm telling you. Um, so I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, I think it's a 2 o'clock game on, on Sunday against the Tar Heels. But anyway, um, yeah, man, but you're right. I mean, you got, I don't know, five, six games left in the regular season for most of these schools, and, and then you'll get into the conference tournaments. And um, you know, you got some of these – Big time programs like UConn going on the road, getting beat by Creighton. Uh, Purdue bounced back from that loss to Ohio State, crushing Rutgers. Yeah, Arizona's a fraud. I know I was talking about Arizona. <laughs> they're a fraud. I'm, I can't believe they're a projected one seed. They are an absolute fraud. Caleb Love just just jacking up threes. I mean, if they're a one seed, I might not watch the tournament at all because <laughs> they don't deserve it. And. Um, that was just that's a bad loss. They get swept by Washington State. They lost to Oregon State earlier in the year on the road. Oregon State's last in the conference. And the Pac twelve just isn't very good. So anyway, but I am um I'm looking forward to it. And the Houston game, like you mentioned, uh, what happens with Houston after you know, after watching teams like UConn lose on the road and then Purdue, can Houston go to Baylor and take care of business? I think they probably will just because they're so good defensively, but Man, it's hard to win road games in conference. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to shout out the CBS 4 p.m. game in the SEC. Uh, number 13, Alabama, against number 17, Kentucky. Uh, a buddy of mine is a Kentucky fan. He feels like Coach Cal needs to make a run because the fan base is very upset with him over the last few years. They, they've got a lot of talent on this team, but they're not playing as a team, whereas Alabama and Nate Oates, they're playing as a team. They're playing incredible basketball right now. Yeah, man, Bama just um, – they just want to outscore you. I mean, they're the top-scoring team in the country. Um, you know, they're going to shoot threes left and right. Sears is having a really good year. Um, you know, tough loss against LSU at the buzzer by Terrell Ward. I mean, that was just a crazy shot and, you know, obviously great timing. That's a big win for LSU. But Bama's got to win that game. They do. Um, as far as Kentucky is concerned, um, you know what I mean? It's They're just so young. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just so right. young. And, you know, DJ Wagner is a stud freshman, but he probably shouldn't be starting. He didn't play well in that LSU game. And I, I think that, you know, Kentucky, if they can figure out how to close out games, especially defensively, because that's what they're struggling at right now. Yeah. Um, lost to Gonzaga, allowed 90 to Gonzaga. Uh, you know, I think they allowed 105 to Tennessee, something like that. Um, Florida beat them up pretty good. So, but they're young. You know what I mean? So, these young kids sometimes in close games, especially in the conference, they don't know how to close it out. And right. um, Calipari has got to hopefully coach them up to the point where they can figure it out before the SEC tournament. But that's going to yeah. be a fun game to watch too. It's so interesting, like you said, because they've been good 
in the clutch situations offensively. They hit the big shot against LSU, and then they give up the game winner. And that's kind of been the right. theme of the season, it feels like, where you know they lock in offensively in the clutch moment, and then they score and forget to play defense. So they're going to have to lock down defensively against the highest-scoring team in the NCAA right now in Alabama. How about the uh, game from John Paul Jones Arena this Saturday at 4 p.m.? Virginia hosting mm-hmm. number 10 North Carolina. Uh, they got – it was a massacre – Virginia Tech against Virginia, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took uh, care of business at home. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just you look at Virginia and you know they want to play those games in the high fifties, maybe low sixties, right? Carolina is going to want to get up and down a little bit, uh, but that was just embarrassing. Look, Tech is t- very tough at Castle. We know that, right? On the road, they're not good, but at home, they can beat you. But man, you 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 can't. You can't score 41 points in a game if you're UVA. I mean, come on. I mean, it's not like Tech's that good defensively. Um, but if Tech, I mean, excuse me, if, if UVA doesn't shoot the ball well, you know, in an eight to ten minute period like they did, I don't think they scored in an eight minute period in that Tech game. They're going to get run out of the gym. And but the problem with Carolina is their road record um, or some of their road games they have not been that impressive to me. I mean. Lost at Georgia Tech, right? I went up to Syracuse, I think, and lost that game. Um, so I would expect Carolina to win the game, but you know, I never count Tony Bennett's guys out, especially there at John Paul Jones, right? Um, yeah. But this is a huge game for UVA, huge. Hey, Lurch, you know, uh, you're, you're not on Twitter, so I'm sure you didn't see the thread, but there's been some conversation about the Atlantic 10 and what this league could do in the future to secure more bids to the NCAA tournament. And it's just, you know, it's so tough because nobody wants to schedule, you know, a Richmond or a VCU in non-conference. And so they're kind of stuck playing these Q4 games and one or two bad losses hurt the entire conference. And it looks like it's going to be a two-bid league, maybe even just a one-bid league if Dayton wins the A-10 tournament. Kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, VCU gets huge wins against Dayton and Richmond. Uh, then they get pummeled by UMass. Now, UMass is pretty good, so it's not a horrible loss, but um, to get crushed like that doesn't look great. But I, I'd agree, man. Um, Loyola Chicago can beat anybody. Richmond obviously can beat anybody. Um, Mason gets that huge win against Dayton. First time Mason's beaten a top 25 team at home ever. Right. Um, well, the, the reason I that agree, is is because – no top 25 team wants to play at Mason, you know? I know. I mean, the only the only way you're going to get a top 25 team is if they're in the conference. Yeah. Um, and you're playing them in a conference game. So I would agree, man. I think at least three of those teams in the A-10, if not four, deserve to go. But you know how it is. There's only 68, and you got to give all those small conferences the automatic bid from their, from their conference wins or conference tournament wins. But I would not want to play Richmond. I would not want to play Loyola. I would not want to play Dayton. I would not want to play VCU, depending on where I'm playing them. But yep. um, you're right. They're probably only going to get two in. I think Richmond and Dayton are probably going. And But maybe you get a third if, if one of those other teams win the conference tournament. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a ton of fun all of March. Lurch, thanks so much for the time, man. My man. Have a great weekend. Yep, that's Lurch Papa Jason Bishop from the Sports Junkies. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. 
Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Ram Nation, you know you can hear every game right here on 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Next game, Sunday at 4 p.m. with a 3.15 pregame show live from the Commonwealth Room at the Siegel Center. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Rodney Ashby. What's going on, Rodney? What's going on, A-Watt? How are you doing today? I hear you got some royalty up in the up in the uh, studio today. I do, yeah. <laughs> we're hanging out with Ed Nixon. Ed, how, how's your bowling game, man? I'm pretty good for, like, two games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good, like, two games. I might get you, you know what I'm saying? I, I've gotten up to, like, 280 before. Okay. But, you know, that's inconsistent. I'm like <laughs> I'm like 160. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even break 100 last time I was here. I was just I was sipping too much of the River City Roll beer. Uh, so, hey, Rodney, we want to throw up the bat signal. Michael Phillips and I want to challenge you and Robbie Robinson next Friday. You think you could make that work? Uh, I need to check the calendar, but I'll tell you what, I'll follow back up with you right when we get off. There we go. There we go. And maybe we could put something on the line here. Let's do this. Let's put something on the line, and then um, whoever wins has to make a donation to the – or whoever loses has to make a donation to the collective. I love that. Yeah. Ah. That sounds good. Yeah. How is everything going with the collective? It's good. You know, it's it's um, day by day. The rules are continue to change, and we're continuing to adapt. We've got a great support system with Noah Straub, who's the director of compliance at VCU, and Mac Afok, who's the deputy um, deputy AD. And we work with Learfield real close, and we actually just met with their regional manager about um, NIL and their schools, and we're trying to put together a symposium. Um, not a not a day doesn't go by that we don't think about it or work on it. We're working on some stuff with some other regional schools to see if we can get some stuff going collective since we're not going, um, you know, after the same dollars. And, you know, lots of big things to come, and hopefully we'll, we'll make some um, big announcements uh, on your that's, show one day. That's awesome, man. The website, Havoc unlimited.com unltd.com rodney i've actually had a, a friend or two ask me is there a way for us to buy a jersey and support nil in the collective it sure is and um i'll shoot you that link it's through brander we have a license agreement through brander brander worked with the school vcu and with nike to be able to give us um real jerseys i think they're like a hundred bucks a piece um and I'll send the link is actually on our Instagram if you want to do that. And those funds, if the if the players have opted in, which all of our players have opted in, um, we'll get a piece of the proceeds for that for those purchases of those jerseys. That's awesome. We, we will repost I saw, it. I saw a Kwani Kwani jersey at, at the game the other day. Oh, hey. there we go. Yeah, we'll repost it on our social media at AWOD Radio at nine ten the fan. Ed, you know. I'm on the Zeb trade. That's the jersey I would yeah, get. What, yeah. what jersey would you get, man? You know, I, I I love Zeb too. That's my guy. That's my guy. Now, I gotta I gotta go with Cinemax. <laughs> I gotta go with Cinemax. Hey, a new movie, same production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Max Scholga you know, has been terrific. Big, I'm going with the big, and I'm gonna go with the wall just because you know maybe it would make me jump be able to jump over a phone book or something. <laughs> Hey, have you been following – how many points away is Max Scholger from 1,000 in his career? I think he's like 20 points away, Rodney. Yeah, 20 uh, – he had – so he was 30 points away and he had 10. So that gives him – he's 20 – he's right at 20 points away from breaking 1,000 points. And 
you know, as Ed can tell you, getting to that thousand point mark in college basketball, even with the COVID year, man, you're you're putting up some buckets. You're a good player. Oh, absolutely. College basketball is a, a lot different than than high school. <laughs> high school, you got you have the ultimate green light. College is a little bit different. So let's get to the game <laughs> on Sunday as the Rams will host St. Joseph's. Uh, Rodney, why don't you start with your keys to victory for the Rams to bounce back? Well, you know, I think that we had a stretch there that we were really playing some of the best defense in the league. And then the last two games, we've gotten away from that a little bit. Now we escaped the game, the one game where we um, just flat out outscored, um, St. Louis. you know, outscored St. Louis and, and got out of that 95-85. But, you you know, giving up 85 points is not really a, a um, key to success. So I think we've got to get back to that stretch of games when we were giving up 50, 65, 61 points back with, you know, George Mason LaSalle, St. St. Louis the first time. Even Loyola Chicago, we only gave up 67. Davidson, we gave up 58. We need to get back to that defense. And um, something's got to click in these guys. And, you know, I think that the loss the other night at UMass, it's not a systematic or a systemic type issue. It's just a few tweaks away. Um, look, we've got great coaches in this league, and when they see a way to expose the team, they go back to it, back to it, back to it, to you fix it. I think we have a couple things that if we can fix, we'll be back and getting holding teams in the 60s, and I think that's the number one key is we've got to get back to playing that type of defense again. That's a great point. Like I, I wouldn't blame VCU as much as I would give Frank Martin a lot of credit for that win. We should mention the homecoming block party is this Sunday from 1.30 to 3.30. The VCU alumni and VCU athletics group present the ultimate pregame experience. You can get ready for the game with music. DJ Rick from 910 The Fan will be there. Food trucks, swag, and much more before the men's basketball game against St. Joseph's. What memories do you have, Ed, from homecoming? Uh, a lot of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> homecoming was always fun. Uh, I, I love I, – I think it's kind of unfair that the players have to have a game on Sunday when all the homecoming activities are Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Um, I used to love the fact that we had Saturday game, and it was always early, like 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock or something like that, because, you know, me and the guys like to have a good time back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> Work hard, play hard. Absolutely. <laughs> Rodney, what homecoming memories do you have? You know, it, we are, we're not a football school, so it was always nice to be the premier sport. And the crowd was always a little bigger. I would remember that. Now, we played down in the Coliseum, Ed. I know you don't even know what the Coliseum is because um, <laughs> you're so young. But the, we would play down there. There would always be a few extra um, people in the seats. And, you know, the festivities on campus were a little bit more um, lively that weekend for sure. I love that. Hey, do you guys know – any uh, past players coming back for the homecoming game? Because I know we have Theus and Burgess on the bench. Right. What about Jordan Burgess? Are we going to see Mr. Theus there? Are we going right. to see uh, any of the other former Rams? I, I, ha- I have a little a little birdie chirping that Eric Maynard is going to be in town. Oh! But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Rodney, have you heard it- anything? No, I mean, I'm, I'm so far out of that right now. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we've been on the road the last two weeks. I'm, I'm just – barely get my laundry done 
Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Troy Daniels at a game again. That was uh, one of my favorite Buzz. players of all time. Buzz, come back. Where is Buzz? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give him a shout out, but man, it's hard to leave the West Coast. And I don't, I mean, and I know you do, Ed. You follow his Instagram. I, I look, if you can catch it on, on, um, the radio on, on, or on TV, I, I'd be hard for me to leave where he's living right now, too. Oh, man. Beautiful family. Uh, sitting right next to the Kardashians. He's living well. <laughs> yeah. VCU at St. Joseph's Sunday at 4 p.m., 3.15. Pre-game show starts from the Commonwealth Room. I want all three of us to come up with an X factor for this game. I'll okay. start it off here, Rodney. I think it's Kwani Kwani. The, the, you know, he started the season slow, and then when he got hot, that kind of coincided with VCU's offense getting hot. If he hits a couple early threes, it really does open up the offense, and it kind of makes them run out at the shooters, and then you can drive to the basket. I'm going with Kwani Kwani as my X Factor. I'll go with Sean. I'm going next. I'll go, 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 go. <laughs> go. See, that's go. what I wanted to go next. Oh, go, okay. go ahead. I'll find somebody else. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Sean Bearstow because I think he's a kid that – um, does so much for this team, even when he's not the one scoring or he's not the one um, making the defensive play. He's a multiplier. He's a kid that makes everybody else on the team better. And when he's firing on all cylinders, we are very difficult to stop. You go back and look at that stretch when he went like 10 assists, 8 assists, 6 assists, and he's getting downhill and getting into the paint, coming to him that jump stop right dead center of the paint and creating that power play either for the dump off or the kick out to Bam or or Jason or Zeb, I think that he is really the key offensively for us. And, you know, defensively, I think it's, it's, it's a team play. It's not one particular person. Yeah, with Sean, I do love him on the pick and roll because he can burn you or he could dump it off to the big man. White magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for me, my X factor, my X factor player will be Jason Nelson. Ooh, I like that. Jason Nelson has been in, a, in somewhat of a slump. But when he can play to his best ability, he's a knockdown shooter, and he can create so much offense from his defense. He's pesky. He can create turnovers. He pushes the pace, and he finds open shooters and just makes the defense work early. So I want to see Jay Nell return to his, his stellar play. My he, X-Fact player He's again. been really impressive this yeah. season driving to the basket, like finishing above taller defenders. Right. Absolutely. But I, I, I like how when he gets a rebound – he really pushes the pace. He doesn't allow the defense to get set up, and that's where you can find your, your Bama Sills in the corner, your trailing Max Shoga. So I, I just really like when he can play to his best ability. Jay Nell, I'm looking for you. Yeah, Rodney, what does it take for Jason Nelson to be at his best? Yeah, I mean, I think he's still trying to find his footing in a brand-new system, and, you know, we've moved our lineups around so much and then in during the pregame the other day we talked about we have our rotation set now we can get we know what to expect and now everybody can kind of continue to define and refine their their roles and then all of a sudden we bring in you know fats and and rows and we had to mix the lineups because frank martin had seen all those plays before so i think that he's we just need a little more consistency out of him he needs to um, be more comfortable. I love when he's aggressive. When he's aggressive, he's the kind of player we need. When he gets hesitant at all, it puts us puts us on our heels, and we just can't have that. Yeah, great stuff, Rodney. Always appreciate it. I'll catch you on Sunday. Hey, real quick, real quick. March 2nd, sell out the stew for the women. We're trying to sell the um, Seagull Center out. We're trying to break a, a record. Um, we've got a great women's team this year. As a matter of fact, the coach just broke an all-time winningest record. 
um, for a VCU coach. So, hey, put that on your calendars. It's going to be a fun, fun environment. March 2nd um, at the Stew. Hope you can all make it. Absolutely. That's Rodney Ashby. He'll be the color analyst right here on 910 The Fan for VCU Hoops against St. Joseph's. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on The Fan.